This episode of The Cool Ship brought to you by Zigmeister Brewing at 106 Valentine Street in Hackettstown, New Jersey. Listen to this episode and Matt will recount numerous bottle releases and special events happening at the brewery starting on November 22, 2017. That's Zigmeister Brewing at 106 Valentine Street in lovely downtown Hackettstown, New Jersey. All right, on with the show. Welcome to the Cool Ship Podcast, dedicated to beer lovers, home brewers, and professionals alike. With your hosts, Warren, the Professor Wilson, and Matt, Zigmeister Ziegler. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to grab a beer and chill on the Cool Ship. Ship podcast. It is our November issue. I think so. Yeah. Barely. Well, yeah. Barely. Barely November. No, it's quite November. No, it is. Yeah. Yeah, we barely got the episode. Yeah. That, yeah, that I would agree. That's okay though. At least we're still in the same month. Sometimes it's like we do a November issue. It's November thirtieth, and then we have to go right into the December issue. So Almost um, Turkey Day. Uh, yeah. Well, shit. That's two days away. I know. Holy shit! That's two days away. Uh, are you ready for this, Matt? Turkey Day or this? Yeah, podcast? are you open Turkey Day? It's on Thursday now. No, we're open good. tomorrow and we're open Friday. You open and late? last year they were really busy days, so yeah, this year's gonna, gonna tomorrow's be, gonna be slammed. Well, tomorrow's gonna be slammed too. I mean, it's not podcast not gonna come out soon enough for this announcement. Everyone should have seen it online because you're always obviously following me on Facebook. Uh, but we have a huge can sale that. Uh, Hopefully Wait, everyone. Zigmeister's got the can can Zigmeister can 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 sale at Zigmeister's. Yeah, like instead of a forty-four dollar case, it's a twenty-eight dollar case. Instead Ooh, of an eighty-four dollar wow. case, it's a forty-eight. Uh, yeah, eighty-four. It's a forty-eight dollar case. Um, yeah. yeah, you're gonna be so slammed, dude. Hopefully, people actually come in and buy this stuff, and they don't skip on it because you could have a really good Thanksgiving. That's you a have case a, of sixteen yeah. or a case of twenty-four. A case of twenty-four. Wow, that's a deal. That is a deal. Deal. Merry Christmas before Christmas. Wow. So anyway, um, it is two days before Thanksgiving. We were, uh, we decided to have the show on a Tuesday since last week we couldn't work it out. And yesterday I um, was having dinner with my family for my 44th birthday. Woo! Old as shit. <laughs> um, big deal. But yeah, nothing really going much on here at Homer University. We're... Uh, Plugging away, the season's starting to pile in, and people are starting to make their own uh, beer for the holiday, so we're going pretty, uh, getting there. This uh, last weekend was a sure sign of it. I had a panic attack and had to go over to Matt's place and get so great. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but other than that, things are going pretty well. How about you? Yeah, no, it's going great. Um, I mean, tons of problems, but good problems because of, you know. Growth problems. Yeah. Having more beer that needs to go out. Our most recent issue was uh, 
trying to brew up seasonals and a couple specialties and changing the size of uh, some new barrel-aged batches for the future. And in the process of fermenting all those, they took an extra week, and we uh, weren't able to get in <clears throat> our IPA, pale ale, and Kolsch batches in time. So for the past week, week and a half, maybe even two weeks, we've had to be pouring the Kolsch pale ale and IPA out of cans in the brewery because one of the things that we kind of said from the beginning is we're never going to run out of core, of five core beers, which technically we didn't because we still have it in cans. We just canned off more than we've kegged for the last batches, so we were running through cans. So that's what you call a loss leader right there. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, just kegged off batches of IPA and pale ale. Uh, we still don't have the Kolsch back up yet. So going into Thanksgiving, we still won't have Kolsch on tap. Uh, we'll still have it in cans. Oktoberfest, we're pouring from cans also, but that's just because we're done with Oktoberfest for the year and we just have uh, 10 or 20 cases of cans left and no more, uh, no more kegs. So that's our biggest thing is having to pour some beers from cans when we wish we could be pouring it from kegs. Right. Um, we're uh, just did a collaboration with Bolero Snort. Um, we just bottled that beer off today. Really good. That should be coming out December 2nd at the brewery is the release party for it. Uh, then that's going out in bottles to uh, for distribution and uh a special variant is only going to be available at the brewery. The regular uh, beer is going off for distribution. It's an imperial milk porter with hazelnuts, and the variant is going to be an imperial milk porter with hazelnuts, maple syrup, and cinnamon. <coughs> uh, it's tasting really good. Um, and then there's going to be another party outside the brewery for that on the, uh, I can't remember which date, 14th or 15th, I think, of December, over at Tap House. Uh, 15. 15. And um, then December 16th, this, that Saturday, uh, we're doing another bottle release for our next barrel-aged beer, which is our uh, Belgian triple and bourbon barrels. And uh, we're also releasing the base version of, of uh, Dark Sovereign, which is just the Belgian quad. So we're releasing a Belgian quad in bottles on that day, and the next version of Deep Sea, which is a New England-style IPA rotating series. Uh, and we're doing a ugly sweater party on that day also, uh, during the release. So I win. Yeah. <laughs> so we just, we just released the barrel-aged uh, Scotch Wee Heavy, bourbon barrel-aged Scotch Wee Heavy, a New England-style IPA in the Deep uh, Sea series, uh, Crush Depth, a Imperial Black IPA, and uh, Chieftain's Covenant, which is our Doppelbach. Uh, two of those in bottles, two of those in cans. We just released that the other day. Valeris North's coming up the second, and then the next release will be the sixteenth. Um, yeah, always it's crazy how this stuff's moving along. Uh, we constantly have the mobile canning people in. We just talked with the mobile bottling line to come in and do a lot of that stuff because of all the barrel aged beers and base versions of the barrel aged beers that we're going to be bottling, pulling in more barrels for next year's batches, uh, slowly running out of space and uh, making more and more beer. So. If you didn't make so many specialty releases, the base beers would have been on tap. They would have, and then I would have gotten yelled at for not having enough specialties on. Right now, I think we have <clears throat> 18, 19 beers on tap, till on the board, available at the brewery, um, including some of the bottles 
that you can drink at the brewery also. Uh, Dark Sovereign, Abacab, and so on. As long as you pour them. <clears throat> if I open the bottle for them and they get a 25-ounce bottle. Yeah. Um, what else has been going on lately? So, so the one thing that you, that you said to me, and I don't remember if it was on the podcast or another time, <clears throat> that I thought was fascinating. I, I would have thought that your specialty beers are what sold most at the brewery. But you said the specialty beers is what bring people in the door, but then you still sell the most of the base. Yeah. I, I was absolutely shocked by that. Yeah. No. It's a lot of people that come in, they'll get a glass of the specialty uh, to see what's new on tap or a specialty in a flight to see what's new on tap, and then they'll usually jump right back to one of the five core beers, which is why we ran out of it. It's like it, the increase from can sales has increased also our keg sales because more people now know about us. And because of that, I'm like, okay, well, cans are selling this well. I just got to keep going with cans. And then I wasn't expecting within the past month the bump that we've had in keg sales. And because of that, we ran out of three of the core brands. Good problem to have. Keep brewing on that equipment, my friend. Yeah, good get problems. More, get more still, fermenters. Still problems. <laughs> no more room for fermenters. I got to look at another... Uh, Bigger fermenters, more fermenters. Yeah, I'm going to have to rip the roof off, raise the roof. <laughs> Literally. I'm telling you, you just need to get a tanker truck and off-site fermentation. I do. That I, do, that I need to do. Yeah. Well, not a bad problem to have. How about you, Warren? What's going on? No, same old, same old. We're just plugging away. We've got uh, a lot of people coming in and brewing, um, a lot of people coming in and making wine. Um, we've extended our, uh, our brewing on-premises to include wine now. We have... Just as many brewing wine as we do beer. Um, the industry is still the same. We haven't really seen much of a, a change in the, in the homebrewing industry. Events that are coming up, we have small business on Saturday, this Saturday coming up. Mm-hmm. Shop small, support your small, local small business, and support your local homebrew supply shop, whether you live in New Jersey or outside. Um, go ahead and try uh, supporting some businesses that are small to rely on you for... Uh, their existence, so just like much I do. Um, nothing really much going on. Oh, thank you. I have a reunion coming up this Saturday. Ah. Um, so 25 years. That's no, all good. Actually, you have one, too, uh, a 30-year reunion from Hackistown going on at your place, too. Yeah. So it's I might be crashing both. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But what's cool about today is, um, even though we had to push off from last week, we... Uh, I got a call later on this afternoon uh, from a, a patron of mine, a good friend, and he said he has got some Troon beer to try. And I thought, shit, what a perfect opportunity to have them on the show and come on in and we'll do the podcast and talk about the beer on the show. Because now it's time to introduce our guest then. I so guess it is. Yeah, we have two guests. <laughs> we have, uh, no, guest not is guest. not here tonight. We have guests, not we have, guests. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, guest, you What's are... What's my name, bitch? What's my name? <laughs> he is missed tonight. We wish that he was here. Yeah. Hmm? Sorry? Yeah. Um, so no, I said I he was missed tonight, and we wish that he was oh, here. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then there was... <laughs> crickets. No. Guest, uh, we hope you have a great uh, Thanksgiving. But today, uh, we have a, a news, couple of special guests on. Uh, Charlie um, and Emily, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Warren. Glad Thanks. to be here. Hi. Yeah, you're welcome. I know it was uh, impromptu, and it might sound like a, it might be a little awkward to talk in, but we'll get we'll get you warmed up. We'll get you talking. That's totally um, fine. 
I'm glad to be here. We aren't serious here, as uh, those that have listened to the show can attest. All five of them. (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. 101. (laughs) It's 103 now. (laughs) (laughs) Got two more, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. So, um, well, introduce yourself. Yeah. So, talk about what you guys are and what you guys do. Um, like like you said, a patron of the store. I I love coming here and getting knowledge from you and my ingredients. Been brewing. Um, Thank you. Like five years now. Yeah, about five years. And um, Emily's been with me the whole way, um, tasting. I sample the beers. <laughs> yeah, quality control. Yeah, exactly. quality control. Keep them on track. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't even have to ask her. I can just watch her drink the beer, and I know exactly <laughs> what to change right. for the next time around. <laughs> yeah. And then I come in here and I ask Warren, what the heck do I do about this? Now, I remember when you first started, and you brought some beers in, and it needed some work. <laughs> Definitely needed some work. But you've getting, you're getting there. That last beer that we just had, we, uh, he, was, he brought down a, a growler or a grunt of uh, his, what do we call it? Melon. The Melon Speaks. The, twe- the Tweener. Tweener. <laughs> oh. Melon Speaks, yeah. Uh, to the tune of ACDC, apropos, because of uh, Malcolm, what's his name? Young. Malcolm Young, yeah, Malcolm Young's death. Um, but, no, uh, it was delicious. So talk about talk about you, what you do for a living. I mean, you're not a brewer. You're, you're a home brewer. You're not a right. professional brewer. Um, and you happen to find out about the store how... Five years ago, and I—I I think I saw the banner going up. Is how I—is I how I found the store. I'd—I'd I'd gone to Love to Brew, um, off of two eighty-seven there, and got the first homebrew kit shortly after my twenty-first birthday. Because I thought that was a good idea. Uh, Best idea. And it, it had to have been within like a month or so that I saw your banner because I came here for my second batch of, of homebrew. And been coming here ever since, probably at close to 300 now. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, tons of beer. At, at least. I mean, it's been four, four and, or five years. And you know, what's, you know what's pretty funny is that, um, and, <laughs> and so Emily's your quality control, but you guys do something that's pretty special. Um, that's really, I mean, Matt, you're tied to it because your family members are tied to it. You guys do uh, stuff with equine or the equine industry the horse industry right. horse showing yeah exactly mm-hmm. um so. that's what we do when we're when i'm not brewing beer is doing the horses and emily rides so you're yeah. a rider how long have you been riding emily uh most of my life since i was about six years old so you're pretty good then <laughs> i try yeah you know when people it's say a lot yeah. of fun though what do you ride dressage what do you do hunter jumpers uh-huh. so jumping mostly that's mm-hmm. a dangerous sport <laughs> yeah. that's what we were just talking about before we got on the show here is that Matt's sister rides and that it was such a small world that we're here drinking beer and also have crossed paths in uh, at the horse show right that is pretty neat though you know it's it's pretty funny that also brings us in full circle a little bit because the beers that we're going to try tonight uh are from Troon Brewery and you and Alex are like buddy buddy best friends Right. right and he actually worked at the same horse show with me that um Matt's sister was attending. So, yeah, <laughs> so. it's pretty neat. And Alex, um, I don't know when he got started, but at the same time he started with you? No, he started a few years ahead of me. Because he, he had that system. He had the brew magic system. Right. And I know that he was brewing on that for a while. So he was, uh, he was always into the funky stuff. Yeah. 
with sours and definitely all that stuff. So, but tonight I don't think we have any sours. I think we have a stout and two pale ales or two, two types IPAs of IPAs. Styles, I think, yep. and then, uh, the stout. So, um, for the benefit of our listeners, Filtron. T R O O N. Exactly. T R O O N. It's thrown in Dutch. Hopewell. Yes. Hopewell, New Jersey, yep. It's a really cool place if you haven't been there. It's like a farm compound. There's a tavern, the Brick Farm Tavern on the property, uh, and it's a whole farm-to-table restaurant, and the brewery is there. They also have a distillery in the back. It's a really cool place. It does sound like a really so cool place. Is yeah. distillery as well? No, no, he just is the brewery, but there's a... What's the name of the distillery? Uh, Saralyn Mountain Spirits. Yeah. They specialize in gin, I think. Huh. Aren't they... Uh, both the distillery and the brewery um, solely uh, yeah. for the restaurant. For the tavern, yeah. Right, for the tavern. Yeah. They could, like, True can sell cans and growlers, uh, but they can't sell outside of that brewery. I don't think he's doing any growlers anymore, right? Just he's not doing growlers anymore. He's doing only cans. Only cans. But you're right, Ward. Right. You can only get True beer poured at the tavern there. There's an exclusivity thing with the... Um, Did you guys get the VIP tour when you went there? I certainly <laughs> hope so. <laughs> always yeah. do. Yeah, that's good. No, uh, yeah, we so. always love enjoying it all there. The food is great. And food I hear is really, is really good, good, too. All, beer goes it's well. It's a lot of fun going there. Yep. So I hear Carl bragging over there. You know, We're a little bit above 100. <laughs> he was talking about how we had uh, 17 subscribers for a while. And we have a few more than that now. We have 21 now. Yeah. <laughs> 18. <laughs> no, but that's, that's really cool to hear about all these other breweries. It's like One of the things that I've been wanting to do for a while is just be able to get away from the brewery and go out and see all these other places. I see all the names popping up all over the place. Of all these newer breweries popping out, I'm talking like newer breweries, I mean, probably the same age as my brewery going on forward. I just haven't been able to leave since then. And uh, Troon's been one of the ones I'd, I've been wanting to hit. Uh, another one of the ones that I've been wanting to go to that... Uh, I'm guessing it, it uh, I believe, isn't that far away from their referent. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're uh, within they're like 15 their minutes. anniversary pretty soon. Uh, I think actually the same day I'm doing the Bolaris Nort release. Um, and that's one of the places that I've wanted to go check out. I've seen pictures on the inside uh, of all like their aged barrel, uh, barrel aging stuff and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I've yet to visit either, but I'm I'm very interested. Yeah. It sounds like wizardry to me, all the sour mixing. Yeah. Where is that one? Uh, what's it's, in, what it's close. It? I can't remember by, where. By Alex's? Yeah. It's, it's like 10 or 15 minutes away. Yeah. I hear a lot of people who go to one usually hit, end up trying to get to both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Conclave. Yeah. A lot of people go to That's in uh, all three of them. Flemington? Yeah, yeah, Conclave yeah, and uh, what's the other one? Conclave and There's Lone Eagle. Lone Eagle. Lone Eagle. Yeah, Lone Eagle's only open like a day or two. Yeah, I kept trying to set up a, a show with the guys from Conclave, right? Head down there or, or interview them. And I kept going back and forth with them on email, and it was just like, we just have to brew all the time. We can't make enough beer. Yeah. We don't <laughs> have time to talk to you. No, yeah, I mean, they're in a similar situation that uh, Twin Elephant was in in that you know it's come the end of the weekend you're sold out of all your beer and you got to uh make more again um but i'm not sure where conclaves that i know twin elephant i believe got a bigger system 
um, and is making more stuff now. But uh, it's great to see the New Jersey beer industry moving forward. Is there somewhere around 90 breweries in Jersey I think there's now? 80-ish. I don't think we're, we're up to 90 yet. I know there's, in terms of in planning, then we're over 90. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a lot of breweries. We've got some difficult times ahead with uh, uh, change at the ABC. But um, I think we'll, we'll move through. Uh, keep showing the industry is what it is. It's a strong industry that's helping create jobs and money for the state. Uh, and it's it's working with other businesses. It's not hurting other businesses. Right, right, the right. only people that feel that it's hurting other businesses are the people that don't want to... Don't want to change. Don't want to change. Don't want to actually run a business. They just want to continue making the money that they're making now and not have to deal with anything, any other competition. But business well, is dealing with competition. I'm not quite sure that it really changed. The, I don't know if they're losing anything either. I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think are. they are either. I think they just see other people as potential competition. Just want to they threat, remove they're the threat. Yeah. Um, so what is it that, that they're changing at the ABC that's going to make it harder? It's, it's just different, different in, in management. I've, I feel that moving forward into this next year, um, the director has, the new director has made known that he wants to continue to uphold the value of liquor licenses at restaurants and make sure that they don't dip. Um, and a lot of restaurants feel that the only way that that's possible is to limit brewery tap rooms. Restrictions. And I feel that limiting brewery tap rooms isn't going to help these restaurants uh, with their liquor license. It's just the fact that they haven't updated their their bars or their restaurants in years. Yeah. And they just happened, you know, to just keep having the same people, just keep coming back and back and back. And now that there's potentially a new place to go to or a place that's updated or a place, that, you know, that just gets it, that those people might go there or maybe it's not even those people, it's just more people in general are now going out and having a drink and they feel that they want more of those people to come to them. And now that they see that these people are out, if they cut off the tasting room somewhere else, then those new people that are coming out are going to come over to their place. Um, but thank you. my feel on the whole thing is that state government shouldn't have any say on a private license. But, <laughs> um, I mean, as a brewery, I pay... Yeah, Matt, you need to explain that. What do you... What's the What's the private license? What does that mean? Well, a, a person who owns a bar uh, license, a liquor license that, you know, can be in a restaurant for a full, you know, full liquor, wine, and beer, um, they own that license. This They bought it outright. They, they bought it. They, it's owned by them unless for any certain reason they do something illegal that it would get removed. They can then, they own that license. They can then sell it to somebody else doesn't go back to the state when they sell it it stays with them so there's only a certain amount available usually per town or township and when they want to sell they can pretty much put whatever value they want to that license so a new restaurant comes into town it's got to be a byob unless they're they go and talk with a restaurant that might be on their way out or something like that and then they try to buy their license off or a restaurant leaving puts it up for sale and sometimes it's you know five six hundred thousand 900,000, a million, 1.5 million, 2 million. I mean, depends, depends on, on what, what city you're in, what city or town you're in. 
Um, but that's a privately held license. It's the same as like owning a house. Um, I mean, if, I mean, it sounds really great if, you know, the governor was to say, you know, I want to make sure that your house is always the most expensive house that's out there. But in the end, that's a privately held house. I mean, the, the, they shouldn't have any say it's like if you're owning a permit or you're, you're paying for a permit or something like that, you know, that's a yearly thing that you got to pay back to the state. They're making their money off of that and they're moving it forward. If someone's, if the government is going from government onto private matters and not dealing with just state issues, I feel it's crossing a line. It's, it's, you know, in the end, it's probably making profit from him off enterprise by being in a government position, which would be wrong. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm no, no, going over it. what yeah. I'm saying a lot. I yeah, I to totally understand. Yeah. It's the difference... <clears throat> I think you said it exactly correctly, which is if the uh, state government was putting their finger on the scale to ensure that million dollar homes maintain million dollar, you know, became two million dollar homes in ten years, that would seem like an inappropriate use of government resource. Yeah. Right? That should be a market issue, not. That's the difference. Now, keeping property taxes down, i.e., the permit, the permit yeah. price yeah. in your example, uh, would be a government issue, right? Yeah. So my, you know, concern is that now that if the state is concerned with keeping these liquor license values high by restricting breweries, it's seen as, well, there's a lot of liquor licenses in the state and people can potentially, government officials could possibly be making money off of who knows what. The private uh, sales of them, you mean? Not, not They're not making money no. off the private sales of them, but they'd be, you know... A lot more liquor licenses would probably want uh, all these restaurants that have liquor licenses would probably be putting a lot more money toward funding this person's campaign for whatever they want to be doing. Um, uh, because lobbyist groups. Lobby, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, they have, liquor lobby is much bigger than the brewery lobby right now. I mean, there's probably thousands of liquor licenses in the state, and only like we talked about, eighty or ninety breweries in the state. Mm -hmm. um, but you know. Beer's not going anywhere, and the fact that I have a permit that allows me to produce my own beer and sell just my own beer in my tasting room um, compared to a liquor license, which allows you to sell wine, beer, liquor, all of that stuff, and food. I mean, they're two completely different things. And for someone to say, well, me making my own beer and selling my own beer, and that's it, is too much because it's ruining their business. When it's not really doing that, they're just making us think about it. But, I mean, everyone can say what they want to say. Uh, I think that, you know, that's an issue between two businesses and, uh, you know, whatever they want to do in terms of competition, Not the state shouldn't have to get involved in that. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, <clears throat> you know, should the state get involved if, if, uh, if a, you know, Chili's comes to town or something like that and puts the mom-and-pop restaurant out of business? I'm just making something up. No, yeah. Right, it doesn't seem like they, they it's would like, get involved in something like that. I think there, it's, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't yeah. been to that extent yet. But I think the concern is there, and I think the, the guild and the people that are in the business are very concerned that, you know, because of this lobbyist group and because of the way that these other few restaurateurs have voiced their opinion, uh, that that's kind of thing that they want to see happen. Um, and it's a small picture. It's just a small-minded, small picture. They don't see the big picture. I mean, 
the economy in Hackestown has changed dramatically uh, with the two breweries that came into play, not only for the breweries themselves, but bringing people in and out of this town into our town to, to just go to a brewery. It just They don't just go to the brewery. They go to the restaurants in town. They go to the sushi bars. They go to the, the Thai food restaurants. They go to the pizza joints. There's just uh, an overabundance of people walking up and down Main Street. They go into small shops. So uh, to be small-minded and say that it doesn't help your business is just uh, an absolute absurdity. And to be greased uh, as a politician, to believe in that, then it's something that these politicians just don't understand. And that's, that's a problem. And I'll, I'll come out and say that because I, I don't have any stake in the matter. Um, but as a citizen, um, I, I truly believe that you got to look at the big picture. And uh, These breweries are doing nothing but helping economic status of locations. I mean, look at what Troon's done uh, for that town and New mm-hmm. Hope. I mean, well, are they in New Hope, right? No, uh, Hopewell. Hopewell. Yeah. Hopewell, yeah. There are people from all over the state that go to Hopewell just to go eat at that restaurant and drink Troon beer. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. a, a, and and you know, it's just crazy to think that it doesn't help the economy or destroy and go to the market economy. and get pizza and yeah. all of that. And, and, and it's know, a lot nicer to live in a town that has breweries versus a town that doesn't have breweries or only has one brewery. Right. I feel, like now, I feel lucky to live here in Hackstown. To There's like five yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. But uh, enough about the politics. <laughs> Um, so what do you have in your hand? So we're drinking today. Thank you, Charlie, and thank you, uh, Alex and Emily. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, uh, a big, huge, crowling monstrosity can of Troon beer. Um, it is his extra pale ale called Argo Bargle, um, uh, and it comes in. It, they use Galaxy and Whole Melon, but it doesn't say when or how, but I can definitely taste it. It's definitely New England style. Um, 7.3% alcohol, uh, can pale on, ale. it's 7.3% extra, alcohol. Ex, extra pale ale, <laughs> pale ale. <laughs> XX pale ale. It means a little bit stronger, uh, but it's cloudy. Um, it's got a really different taste to it. I mean, uh, I tasted pepper, like black pepper on the front peppery. end, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it definitely has that milky, does he, I wonder if he uses, uh, lactose in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he does in this one. It's got a bigger mouthfeel to it. Um, there's definitely some body there, uh, but there isn't that sweetness that comes through on the finish to me that would su- that would suggest that he has lactose in there. I'm not getting sweetness either, but I'm getting that, that milk, like the. Sometimes you get like a vanilla, vanilla a vanilla eatiness from like oats, whether oat malt or flaked oats, mm-hmm. depending on the amount. They probably was maybe some oat malt used in this. Yeah, that's um, what I was just about to say. I vanilla. would say so. Yeah. But not a bad beer. Um, definitely a little bit different. I'm not a big home melon fan. Mm. Uh, I think it, it's it's like one of those teaser hops where the flavor is there, but it's not strong enough. Doesn't come through all the way. It leaves your palate hanging. Um, so Emily, what do you taste? I definitely get a little of the peppery taste. It is very unique. Mm. I really like the smell of it, though. It's very. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a different smell. I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, it's, but it's a, it's a it's a it's one of those things where where certain kind of hops have that borderline almost blue cheese scent to it, but also something fruity and yeah, the same time definitely yeah. fruity and a little sweetness in the smell. Caryophyllene oils. Well, There's I think like uh, whole melon is you know you get that that melon tropical quality to it, but you also because of it being a 
European variety, you have that earthy spiciness that sure. comes through. And I think it's that earthy spiciness that gives some of that peppery. That's giving that what you called that blue, almost blue cheese esque, yeah. like a, earthy he, yeah. aroma. Not necessarily like blue cheese, like yeah. no, I pure mean, blue cheese, but it's like that, that aroma you get off like something earthy. Yeah. Right. And you get an earthiness in here with the tropical fruit, and I think that's very distinctive of, of the the types of hops that's used. Um, this was Galaxy in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think definitely whole melon is coming, to me more prominent off the end with the uh, the tropical fruit melon, and the earthiness. Um, I'm not getting as much like pineapple passion fruit as I would typically get mm-hmm. from something with Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. I'm getting that. Melony earthiness. I get the melon earth. The melon, anytime you eat cantaloupe or you eat melon, um, yep. the honeydew melon, you get that really good scent. And sometimes, sometimes you get that one that's really, really sweet and really delicious. But most of them are like that really good smell. You bite into it and you're like, oh, disappointed because it's really not that sweet. Yeah. That's what I get out of whole melon. I get that, like, oh, this is going to be really good and then let down because it's not really coming through much. But the pepper and the earthy side of it is coming through more. But I'm getting the melon up front and then the pepper earthy finish. And I think the scent also has that pepper earthy. So, uh, so, that, so, so Matt, earthy. you're saying this thing that I, I, again, I called it almost a cheese type mm-hmm. of smell. You're saying that's what you would call earthiness. I, I didn't have a good word for it mm-hmm. or a good description. So that, but that, that, that's, a, that's good to know, actually. That that's yeah, because it doesn't come to me through like I would think of something that's cheesy, but it would come through as though it's cheese aged in like a cellar. And yeah. that, that sort of finish that you get off the back note of that, it mm-hmm. comes through as that earthiness. But other, I mean, besides flavor on this beer, I mean, the body of it's fantastic. It has wonderful foam and lacing on the side of the glass. Um, it's a well-brewed beer. It's almost, um, it's not carbonated heavy. It's not um, harsh carbonation. I think that's what makes it a little bit smoother. Yeah, I think it would, if, if you were to carb this more, it would rip through the body of it and I it would take, take away from it. Um, I think it's, it's carved nicely, my guess would be 2.5, 26 Charlie, assessment? I agree. Tens, I mean, this is kind of um, similar to a lot of the stuff that he was making early on, I think. Um, it has less deviation from f- compared to what he's doing now with the, uh, some of the other pale ales and IPAs. And like 7.5%, it doesn't taste 7.5% at all. just gave Charlie his homebrew beer, which was a New England-style IPA. Made with whole melon. Made with whole melon. <laughs> it, tastes, it tastes different than it did before drinking it. Oh, yeah. I think because it's got such a smoother body. Troon's beer, that is, is so much softer. It's not less, but it's yep, just softer. That's kind softer. of what I was saying about your beer before, was that the, that the, the mouthfeel was not as soft as I would expect of a New England IPA. Yeah. But it but it does taste differently now because your palate's been changed by Very drinking much. the troon. Yeah. yeah. So your beer is actually has a totally different character. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, and it's it tastes way maltier than I remember it tasting. I guess because Alex is just has it's sweeter, but not syrupy sweet. It's sweet like 
fruit smells sweet. Yep. Not it's like a, fruit tastes sweet. It's a little. It's balanced. It's got, it's got a good balance to it. Yep. Absolutely. Definitely. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. No, but now you see the the interesting aspects of being a beer judge, right? The beer that you drank before affects the beer that you're drinking now. Yeah. Right. Totally. I don't see that very often because I'm always <laughs> drinking the same keg, you know, all night. But I, yeah, I see exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, if you had yours first, you would judge it completely differently than if you had yours after. Yeah, the other, and uh, I would, and my own homebrew, I would not, I wouldn't call it a New England IPA at all. Hmm. I wouldn't think of a New England IPA drinking it. I would have thought just a O E IPA. Honey flavor from it now. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I would still call yours a New England style IPA. I don't think there's really a oh, thank you a set guideline for any IPA. I think just like just like when I've, I've talked previously about IPAs in general, I think it's just such a broad category that you have to really take it as that. And yep. the borders in the IPA categories are very vague. Um, you can have a, you know, the old East Coast IPAs become something of a West Coast IPA that blends something into a, you know... Um, uh, English IPA. Into an English IPA <laughs> that kind of blends back into somewhat of a New England before it goes to like a cr- crazy juicy New England. <laughs> and like they're all kind of meshed up in there in that category that IPA is. And although a West Coast IPA is very different from a New England style IPA, they're all still within that IPA category. Yep. I still have some left. I'm, I'm pretty done with this one. This one... Um so any kind of New England IPA style that I drink always leaves this uh, itchy, scratchy feeling in the back of my throat. Where it's not itchy, scratchy. It's just like a, almost like, um, can't describe it. It's not achita. It's not, I don't even know what to say. It's not like when you burp up something. It's not that. It's just this feeling in the back of my throat that's not pleasant. Um, drink too much of it. It's I mean, the one, the one thing that I, I always get from a New England style IPA is just that the there's so much hop oils in the beer that it leaves uh, lingering something yeah. on the on my tongue. And although I you know I don't mind drinking them, um, not overall my favorite style, but the the flavors you know I feel come through nice. Um, they do leave a linger. They kind of like when you drink a crazy bitter Thank you. West Coast IPA. You can't drink anything after it. I right. feel like a lot of times when you I'll drink a New it. England style IPA, although it's not bitter and it's not the bitterness that comes, the hop oils coat your tongue and you really can't. Yep. So. Have too much after it, or have another style after it because that that flavor is just always there. Yeah, for for me, it's like okay, I had one. I need a palate cleanser. I'll have another, but I, you know, I, I'll I'll still drink them. They're delicious, very flavorful, and I'm not trying to downgrade anything. But just it gives me this scratchy feel in the back of my throat, like I sucked on a hop cone, or if I drank if I drank hot pellet juice by accident. Have you ever had like a, at the bottom of your keg, you know, siphoned in too much hops from your trube? Mm. And then you get the first pull, and you get those chunks of hops in it, and you're like, ah, screw it. I'm going to drink it anyway, and you drink it. It's like that. It's like that hop burn. You get the opposite. Burn. The first pour from an IPA that I just kegged or something, you know, it's always got, 
It always has that yeah. minute where it settles, it's and then your first down, you pour, pour has that an little ounce. bit, and you pull that out, and you drink it. That it's that sort of thing on there. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of the scratch. Like you get a mouthful of hops. Yeah. But, all right. Um, I think we're good here for now. I, I got my eyeballs are floating, so I gotta go and use the head. Um, but yeah, we got two more two more Troon beers uh, that will come to after the break. After the break, we'll see you in two and two. So in another hundred days or so, we're going to be able to say, okay, let's have a, a podcast about smoking different kinds of pot. <laughs> of Thank you, Phil Murphy. <laughs> Instead of drinking beer, we're going to have a pot smoking show. So uh, what are we drinking? What are we smoking tonight? Uh, we got a little whole melon and... <laughs> what do we got here? Okay, so this is the second series of the Troon series is that we're that, going through. Is this the milkshake really one? Crazy. This is the peppermint... Purgatory. Permanent. Permanent purgatory. Peppermint purgatory. It doesn't sound like a bad purgatory. It's not a bad place to live. Uh, we're you all going to peppermint purgatory. <laughs> dilly dilly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to fit that in somewhere. I don't know. I don't like it's peppermint. That sounds pretty awful. Dilly dilly. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about peppermint Pe- beer. Peppermint stout. I don't think I'm into peppermint beer. Pe- <laughs> Even peppermint IPA would probably be a very bad combination. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you, someone will make it and it'll be the hit of a show. Yeah, maybe. You know who's gonna make it, Matt? One of our 100 something listeners. <laughs> <laughs> 145, and then hundreds in Europe for some reason. Thank you, Europe. Thank you. We'll come visit you one day if maybe. You- Reach numbers large enough. <laughs> <laughs> so this has fruit smoothie IPA Ooh, with. I can't wait till you show up. <laughs> it was passion fruit and blood coming for you, Gunther. What? So what? Uh, what's what's the name of this? It's uh, it's called a Permanent Purgatory. It's a fruit smoothie IPA with passion fruit and blood. Passion orange. fruit and blood. Yeah. Blood orange. <laughs> blood orange. Orange. You glad I didn't say banana. Eight point eight percent. You have too many kids. Came back in, in October. Blood banana. <laughs> blood orange banana. So, Ooh, this does it say when it was canned? Yeah, that 10, is 10, 20. Fruit and blood orange. Very passion fruit. Wow. I wouldn't yeah. guess. Yeah, it's Emily, 8. start kick, kick off though. the analysis here, Emily. What do yeah. you, what Break do you it got? down. Break it down now. I definitely wouldn't guess it's eight point eight percent. No. It's so fruity and drinkable. I like it a lot. Very strong passion fruit. I'm getting a little sourness on this thing. That's passion yeah. fruit and blood orange. Yeah. I was kind of worried for a second. But it's the blood orange. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely the blood orange. Definitely the blood orange sourness, but it also tastes a little bit like yogurt. And I'm wondering if he uses a little yogurt culture in this fruit smoothie. I don't know. I think it's the, the yogurtness you're probably getting is the fact that there's more than definitely lactose in this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think... Um, 
He's been known to, to touch upon a little bit of yogurtness in his life. Yeah. What <laughs> are you trying to talk about? <laughs> this man using yogurt in his beer. <laughs> this man sourness. touches upon the yogurt. You know what I mean? Yogurtness. <laughs> no, um, Alex is not unfamiliar with sours. No, I wouldn't, wouldn't put a bread in this by accident. Some kind of lactose in here, but it is look, and I'm not having. There's no head retention. No. So um, that's honestly probably just because of the fruit juice. It could be. It could also be the fruit juice from lacto. Having lived in the tropics fruit for juice. a good portion of my life and eaten more passion fruit than I care to mm-hmm. describe, I would say that there's a what you're tasting is probably the passion fruit uh, acidity uh, that you get from the fruit itself. If, assuming that he's putting real passion fruit in here. Oh yeah, possibly. This is definitely like passion fruit and. Blood orange puree or something like that. Um, I'm sure it's a mind-blowing amount of fruit oh, yeah. into liquid. This is the one he said is the beer for non-beer drinkers, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even this one. I think it was the one before this that he did that was just the fruit smoothie ale. That, that was, was the cherry raspberry one. We tried that one, too. I like this one better, honestly. Yeah. That one was good, too, though. The, I, I'm pretty sure that he did something very similar to this. Yeah. Didn't call it an IPA because it had so little hops in it. Mm. And it was the beer for non-beer drinkers because it didn't taste like beer. It just tasted like alcoholic fruit juice. Yeah. One, mm. of, the, one of the guys that works at the brewery, Dustin, he uh, just took the latest Deep Sea series with Mosaic and Galaxy and put it on mangoes. And lactose, and it it just tastes like a mango smoothie, <laughs> and Sounds yeah, delicious. It it it's pretty good. It's gonna be over at uh the Milton Inn in Jefferson tomorrow. Hmm. Oh, uh, nice for all the listeners. That's a little too late for you. Sorry, uh, you missed it. Unless you <laughs> you happen to be there. Congrats. Was well, so clairvoyancy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh. But yeah, it's going to be at the Milton Inn for for tomorrow uh, as a specialty. Bobak and I have been making um, a mango IPA for a couple of years now. I think we're on rendition like 14 or 15 or something mm. like that. And just mango plays really well with like New England style or milky IPAs. Definitely. I'm still getting a, a little bit more than... Fruit juice twang. Honestly, I think it's just you're Could getting be. the fruit juice and then you're getting the beer in mixed in there in the back. Could be. Definitely have the blood orange tartness to it too. Yeah. Yep. It might be something with leaving the fruit out even. I've heard with stuff like bananas and apples. If you try to use apples in beer, if you let them sit till they get real soft and you add them. They give it like a that cider taste, mm-hmm. but I think that's a little bit of like rotting apple taste that you just kind of think is cider right. and apples. I don't know. With any like, fruit, there's if you're using real fruit and you let it sit out with any fruit, there's always going to be natural yeasts or natural bacteria that's on it. That's exactly what I mean. Is that in the period that it took him to cut it all up and then freeze it, it might have sat out a couple hours and picked mm-hmm. up a little bit of a. Uh, Extra acidity. Matt's probably right in that there's probably nothing else but the fruit in here, but for some reason I am still tasting 
lacto bacillus. You're wrong. I don't think that has a, I don't think that would be competitive with the yeast that's in the beer. Enough. There's lactose in this one, isn't there? Mm-hmm. It's gotta yeah, be. There's yeah. milk sugar, which is yeah. But lactobacillus no, is just la- a bacteria. Not la- la- lacto. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, lactose, not lactobacillus. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Lactobacillus just is the bacteria that was found yeah. on lactose first, and they named it lactobacillus. It's just a type of bacteria. No, it's found in milk. <clears throat> Was first found in milk. Verdict. Verdict. Um, not Tasty. for me. I cannot. I would not be able to tell you this is a eight-ish, eight something. No, until eight point eight. Fell over. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, right. This this is one of those that it slides down, and all of a sudden you're like, "Whoops." Totally. Um, not my style, but Should've delicious, very good. Earlier. For those that <laughs> want to try an IPA, any kind of IPA that has fruit juice in it is the way to go. Um, if you don't like IPAs, you probably like this beer. This beer is really not uh, for me. There's no for me. I need two fingers all the time of head retention, or at least a re- remnants of head retention, a ring around the head retention. Where, where do you want those two fingers when you're getting of head retention, retention? Two retention. fingers. Oh. <laughs> um, and this one didn't have it. This one was uh, very lifeless for me. Um, it's got that. I don't know if it's the carbonation. I, I think, think it's just this style of beer with all the fruit juice in it. All that fruit juice in it. Doesn't yeah. create head. Right. So the perception for me, drinking, if I were to drink this out of a can, I'd probably drink it for breakfast. There's a there's a drink out there. There's a beer out there. Uh, Hofbrat. What is that? The, the grapefruit one? The oh. Um, uh, Schopenhofer. Schopenhofer. There you go. The, 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 what do you call it? The, the shandy. The Radler. Radler, yeah. Half grapefruit juice, half... Half wheat beer, and it's they like two point five percent, two point three percent beer. Right. If that if that could have been rem, you, know, you can't you can't get an eight point eight percent beer by doing that. But <laughs> if you could and you could do it that way, I think that would have been a better option. Mixing the fruit juice with the beer instead of having it to ferment all out together. Yep. Hmm. Not a bad beer though. You like it? I like it. Yeah, I'm getting tons of passion fruit. And yeah, tons very of fruity. Blood orange in the end. <laughs> like passion the fruit, fruit, right the fruit up front. is covering up all the other beer flavor. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that milkshake fruit smoothie style yep. is Sounds just like taking the fruit. Yeah, taking the fruit flavor and just trying to cover up everything with or just push that fruit flavor as the as the main main point and uh I haven't had too many others of this style, but the ones that Dustin has made off of our New England IPAs have been something similar. So I'm going to have to go with this must be what, you know, <laughs> that style just is. Uh, but it's tasty. It tastes like fruit juice. Yeah. And it's packs a kick. Oh. Packs a wallop. Yeah. I think my head would hurt a lot if I drank that whole can. Uh, I don't. Know. <laughs> I think it would sneak up on you quickly. <laughs> put a straw on it. You go mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. You fall asleep after a third of it. <laughs> yep. Make a bunch of zigzags and just line a bush. <laughs> I think you'd have a real problem if it got warm I was too. Say, yeah, this isn't a lawnmower beer unless you don't want the lawn to ever get cut. <laughs> unless what you want to make is topiaries with the lawnmower. <laughs> Whoops! There goes that bush. Whoops! <laughs> Uh. I'm trying to let the beer 
escape my gut and get <laughs> my, gra- my, my legs. <laughs> Warren has walked away from the microphone. <laughs> Warren has left the building. <laughs> this rarely happens. Normally Warren pushes the microphone closer to himself and scratches his stomach. Uh, not today. He got up and he's, he's wandering. You gonna be okay, Warren? I'll be fine. <laughs> Let's move the microphone. So, uh, yeah. standing, Warren. And I'm good. And I'm good. No, no, We're good. Okay. <laughs> Just letting the alcohol drain. Warren is officially pissing himself right now. <laughs> That's what he's no, I'm not. That's what he's trying to tell us. What's next? Break. Yeah, I think we might need an untraditional second break. You know, the, it's funny, that fruit juice that's in there is really... So I, I'm very susceptible to acidic uh, stomach, and I can't drink Coke fast. I can't drink um, fruit juice fast. I can't drink orange juice fast. I get like this acid stomach. And that beer is making the same kind of thing. Like, yeah. There's a lot of acid in this. I mean, that's probably why there's no head retention on it. A lot of fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of juice, definitely. It's delicious. It was good. Dead but it's juice, though. Definitely not a <laughs> digestif. No. <laughs> we'll get Warren a cup of mint tea, and we'll be back in two. Two, <laughs> two and two. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got any Maylocks? What I wanted to do was talk about mishaps. We'll save that for, for a different oh, that's show. Right. Another show. Another show. Uh, speaking of mishaps, this uh, this beer that we're drinking is an experiment beer. Uh, this beer has no hops in the boil, no hops in the whirlpool, no hops in the dry hopping. It was just what? Nope. So mash hops. Yes. Really. Poured it over hops as he was pouring it into the glass. So this has. <laughs> What ten, did you do? This has 10 I ounces. I haven't smelled of, it. I haven't tasted it. What have you done? 10 ounces of Galaxy and 10 pounds of Maris Otter. And that's in the mash. And that is it. Is this mash? Yep. Then what's all the stuff floating in here? Just stuff that was Don't left over. Don't ask questions. Left over from the suck, <laughs> sucking on the... Uh, <laughs> leftover, Decoration. Leftover stuff that I, I just kegged it. So I just kegged oh, it today. Okay, okay. What's in the beer? Okay, reverse. So, I'm thinking, what's in the beer? No, I just okay. kegged it about before, right before you guys got here. This was kegged. What's this purple and black shit floating in here? <laughs> so. so this has no hops in it other than mash hops. Other than mash hops. A lot of mash hops. How many, how many ounces of mash hops? In 10. 10, ten, ten ounces? ounces in five gallon batch. Yep. What type of hop? Galaxy. What the fuck have you done? <laughs> Taste it. If I wanted to light money on fire, I'd just light money on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised because 
I've never really done a lot of mashups, and that's still like it. Everything's you, there. You do get hops. It's not the same though. No, it's not the same. This is like okay. So it's like round. No, so you, so you go to a ball game. You get a pretzel. You eat half the pretzel. You put it in your pocket. You come home. It starts raining. You're outside. You lose your keys for a minute. You get a little soaked. You get in the car. You're driving home. You realize you're hungry. You eat the pretzel in your pocket. Matt, that's really specific. <laughs> Has this happened to you? No, this has never happened to me. Oh, no. I just made this up on the spot. It's never happened I did. to me. No, this, this, is, this, this is the feeling that I got. This is the, the full, the, intense feeling. The, the half-eaten, stale, wet pretzel that I've never had before, but I'm pretty sure that's what this beer tastes like. What a compliment. Yeah, thank you. It's delicious. <laughs> in the back end, this is what I'm getting. That That's not in the whole beer. That's like just what I'm getting on the back end. That story. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm getting... so you know when you got a baby diaper? <laughs> and you don't... I didn't say nothing. And, about it, and the shit doesn't come out of it so so much. So when you put it in your back pocket and sit on it for a little while, I just feel like there's there's some stale pretzel in the back there, and I think it's just the fact that you wasted all those galaxy eyes. <laughs> so, so Matt can't get on. I think it just hurts you at your soul. That's all. It's not what a waste. If he hadn't this beer told is fantastic. You all that? Beer is very juicy. I'm going by the Emily meter over there. <laughs> it's not exactly sliding down. Uh, <laughs> hard, yeah, very hard to follow those Troom beers, right? I like it. It's interesting. I, yeah. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing wrong with this beer. This beer is fantastic. It's interesting in the same way that a car crash is there's interesting. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just... It's, not personally my favorite, but it it's a different flavor. It's it's just right purely and galaxy. wrong. I don't think I've had anything like it. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> it's unique. A few moments later. All right, Matt. Uh, what do you have in your hand now? Go ahead, bring it back in. Beg it. I'm trying to. Well, uh, this is um, this is Warren's beer. Now this is the future. Another one. Um. Yes, this is the this next is Warren beer. One. This is not. The experimental beer. This is not... Um, this is not the mash hop. Not pretzel in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Missing something. Um, uh, this is the Appalachian Amber, the Cali Common. Cali Common. Cali Common beer. It's... What color would you call that? Goldenrod? Goldenrod. Yeah. Goldenrod, nice little lacings on the side. It's got a really nice... Copper penny. Um, not o- not overly malty, just kind of like nice, balanced, light uh, nose to it. Nice, easy drinking Cali Common. Yeah. yeah, this uh, this beer might sober me up, which is probably <laughs> going to be a good thing. Everyone <laughs> been drinking today. Yeah, so this beer is about four and a half percent. It's made with um, Maris Otter. A little bit of victory and a little bit of crystal forty. Mm. Um, when a dab of flakes, oat, uh, not oats, but um, barley flakes, flakes, give it a little bit drier, 
nice lacings on the sides of the glass. We have Magnum in the beginning, Pearl at 40, and the rest is all Northern Brewer hops. Mm, I got I got the Northern Brewer yeah. in here, and the Victory Malt comes through nicely. It does. Um, it plays well against the backbone. It sort of reminds me of a fat tire Yeah, with that, that beefy Victory flavor. Um, and then it was California Common Yeast, and it was actually brewed at right around 44 degrees. So it was lagered. Wow. So. It's just like a well-balanced, drinkable, like nice beer. I like yeah, it. Yeah, no no frills about it. Just an easy beer drinking, something that you'll be Sometimes drinking on the beach. Sometimes that's what you want, though. You, know, you, yeah. want, you just yep. want a beer. Sit yep. back and drink a beer. Yep, it's definitely up my alley. That And that's why I like milds and uh, English yeah. pale ales. You know? so. Well done. Well done. How, uh, you said you lagered this, or lager fermented this. I did. Um, how long has it been since you brewed this? How long has it been sitting around? I lagered for three weeks, took it out for one week, and diacetyl rest for about five days. And then went into the, then I racked it over and put it into a new container and put it into the um, refrigerator overnight and kegged it today. Huh. So It's very nice. Came out good. So, moving on, I think we have one more beer left. And that is the hefty stout that you brought over. Is that the, is that an imperial stout, Charlie? Uh, yeah. There's there's two of them. There's the um, one with coffee, and then the other one is maple, cinnamon, something. Which is the one that you want to drink? I think the coffee. The coffee one. Right? You want to do the coffee instead? Yeah, I mean, we can do both, whatever you uh, want to do. I huh? think we need to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We haven't as much as they both sound good. We yeah. haven't tried the coffee one. We tried the other one. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do the Let's coffee try the then. coffee then. Coffee might even help us. Yeah. <laughs> the other one was good. It was very strong. Yeah, this, <laughs> it this, tasted very strong. Uh, it was good. It was it's sort of like a speedball, coffee mm-hmm. and, and, and beer, right? Yeah, you got nothing that. but upper, there you upper. Go. Nothing like a good <laughs> upper and a downer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a Debbie Downer upper. Ugh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what's yeah. on the agenda for your brew session? Are you brewing anything soon? I know you've been mo- you've been fooling with me? some oats, yeah, Charlie. Um, yeah. The Talk about what you've been fooling with. I'm really excited about his latest I'm, one. Oh, what's that? Talk about your latest one. Every once in a while, <laughs> I have to brew a beer to keep Emily happy. So the last <laughs> one was a mocha blonde. I did just like an, like an extra pale ale, and then threw. Um, I think it was four ounces ground uh, Starbucks coffee. It was an espresso roast. Espresso roast yeah. in the keg. Mm-hmm. And then I laid the keg on its side to transfer it out of the gas post to leave the coffee inside. So I didn't, I didn't have anything to put the coffee in, so that mm-hmm. kind of was my figuring for the best way to get it out of there and leave the coffee behind. And then uh, cocoa nibs for five days. And we just got the nitro tap set up because I feel like that beer has to be on nitro. Oh yeah, yeah that, we haven't. It's not all that. Ready just to sounds go yet, like a perfect beer. To it be has on to nitro. be on nitro. Yeah, the inspiration from it was the the Stony Creek um, mocha Stony blonde on nitro. Joe, I think it was called. Yeah, Stony Creek Stony Joe. Beers. It's yeah. amazing. Massachusetts. So you seem really excited about this beer. I'm really excited about this beer. <laughs> I'm really excited about having a nitro set up as well because I love any beer in nitro. Have you had a nitro setup before? Is this a new no. installation? I just got it Oh, you today. just got it. Okay. It just yeah. arrived literally this morning. <laughs> Very cool. 
You have to figure out where to fill the tank now. It was so heavy, it seemed like it was full, but I guess it's just the tank. There. Yeah, it's the, t- the type of tank. tank. Yeah, instead of being aluminum outside, it's a little different. So, so you, bought, you bought a tank? Yeah, a tank and a rate. <clears throat> you know, it comes as a kit, of course. Yeah. So tank, that's regular because Sooner or later, the tank's going to be exchanged. The first time I use it. I'm sure that when I go to fill it now, they're going to want to exchange it. What can you do? You can't. Yeah, so you're going to Praxair, I take it. I've been going to Lodi. Go okay. to Praxair. Praxair. Yeah, look. We were going to ask you. We weren't sure. Was that? We weren't sure where to get it filled. Go, yeah. go to Praxair. Praxair is... CO2 fills, you know, you can go load either, get a quick turnaround for it. Pre- uh, for a nitrogen turnaround on a tank, they're just going to order it price specifically, and for you, definitely going to be changing over a tank and stuff like that. If you go to Praxair, you'll... I've been getting better, better deals, better prices and everything, typically off Praxair. Okay. I've always I've been looking for somewhere for a while and I just didn't really know of anywhere besides Lodi is great in a pinch. Yeah, um, they'll fill whatever you need if you catch them on the right day. Oh yeah, he's helped me in in and a pickle here yeah. and there. He's very very accommodating. But uh, Praxair, if you're looking for specific gas or if you're looking for a specific weight, they've been doing it Thank you. their whole lives. It's what they do. So yeah, they're going to be helping me out with uh, liquid nitrogen nice. pretty soon. Okay, so here's Emily, what do we have in our hands? All right, this is the carry-on luggage from Troon. It's an imperial milk stout with E. Timor Mobis coffee from Rojo's Roastery. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, sounds pretty good. It's a 10%. We have a 10% imperial stout with coffee. Off the nose... A lot of times when you drink a coffee beer, you get like a pepperiness along with it. Sometimes like a green peppery. I think it's just sometimes it comes through with with the roast or the style of bean. Um, But this one almost came through, uh, coming through on the nose like a a chili pepper almost. And I was thinking that it was almost going to be like a coffee chili sort of thing. Mole. Mole, yeah. yeah. Um, Smells like mole style. It does. It's sweet. I'm getting a little heat in my throat. Are you getting some heat on it? I so am. maybe there is some. I think it's mole stout. There's no way there's not chilies in there. No, I'm getting a little heat from the from it. That's good. The only thing I could say is that maybe the coffee was roasted with chilies. That'd be cool. Well, it's Other ten, than that, it's, it's got to have chilies. 10% alcohol, guys. No, it's not. It's not the <laughs> heat from alcohol. No. No. It's a it's a throat heat, not a not a warming sensation like vodka. It's more like a um, a spiky sensation from. Cayenne. Cayenne. There is no sweetness in there. It it plays well with the coffee. Right. I'm trying to pull the peppers out, but my tongue might just be dead. Um, It definitely (laughs) came in on the nose for me. I'm not really pulling that too much in the the flavor. Uh, The coffee flavor is very nice. Not acidic. Um, Nope. The sweetness is just... It's right on there. We're kind of playing with the Imperial Stout uh, to give a little bit more to play with the coffee, but not overly so that it's like, oh, that's loaded with lactose. Um, it's really nice. Really good flavor. I like it a lot. Most most times, most oftentimes when I drink Stout with coffee in it, it's green peppers, like freshly picked green peppers. Yeah. And a lot of people, you can't get away from that. A lot of homebrews that come in here and want to taste it, a lot of homebrew competitions that I've experienced, it's green pepper, and that's just a sign of 
either the roast that they used or putting the coffee in the wrong way. I don't know if he cold steeps this, but I would assume that because of the delicate flavor of the coffee that's in there, it comes through like coffee. It doesn't come through like green peppers. My guess would be it's it's cold, cold brewed or cold steeped um, coffee, just and off the milk, lack of acidity. That milk step, that milk that comes in, that lactose yeah. sugar that comes in is a very good balance against that acidity. It almost, right. it almost plays like um, almost over the top, but it, then it just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't come through over the top. Now you guys are saying you had the other <laughs> stat, which we're not going to have tonight. Um, how would that? How does that one compare to this? Off what you remember? I think this one's much smoother. Mm. I yeah. like this one better personally. Um, the other one tastes a little higher alcohol; that it's a little bit tougher to just sip nicely. Whereas this, I think, is really smooth and good flavor. Yeah. The other one's harsher for sure. Um, <clears throat> like you haven't tasted it, so you can't compare. But it's it's um this one is much more comfortably like chocolatey roasty whereas the um that let the devil in is the other one that we're not drinking granted we only had yeah, one, the like, other later one later on in the night after having a lot of other beers yeah and yeah, now, it's, it's not got a lot of sugar. Back it's into one of those cans. <laughs> what it what it, what it is that I'm trying to describe is that it doesn't have like a ton of like sugary sweetness, where I'm thinking it's gonna hurt later. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's it's a bit drier. On this one, it's a bit. This one's a bit drier. This one, one's this one's a bit drier than Let the Devil In. Sometimes spices have a tendency to play with your like. I'm, I'm I wouldn't doubt that these are the same base stout. Yeah, they they might probably not be. they might not be. So, so, is this the one so that's Charlie, a what's bit yeah? What was in the Let the Devil In? I mean, we're not drinking. Is that a it milk tonight, stout? What 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 is that uh, description? Let the Devil In is an imperial milk stout with vanilla, maple, and cinnamon. And it's ten percent. I think they're both ten percent. They're both ten. Yeah. yeah. So they're both ten. They're both probably a similar base. Yeah. But because it's not vanilla maple, it's not got that like. The maple probably dries it out a little and bit more cinnamon. acidic and drier. Yeah, cinnamon then is a spice that brings out that spiciness. Yeah, but this yeah. one doesn't have any of that. No, but it, are you getting the, the the back of the throat warmth? I am, and that's what makes me think like it's mole stout, like it's cho- like it's chocolate, like pepper, like there's a cayenne. I'm getting, like the, a, I'm getting the nose off off the pepper, but I'm really not I'm, getting too much on the back end. I mean, there's yeah, there's a little in there, but I'm not sure if I'm, like, tricking myself to think maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Yeah, so I don't I'm know if really I'm tricking pulling. myself either. Um, I'm not really pulling the pepper as much as I typically would if there was Because I'll tell you what, something. Matt made, Matt, before you opened up, made a beer for his uh, cousins here, uh, yeah. cousin's wedding, and he made a um, mole stout. And that stuff, man, you as soon as you swallowed it, you felt that pepper heat. But it was pleasant. It wasn't over the top pleasant, uh, over the top heat. It hit you with some heat, but it didn't linger. It didn't last. Yeah, it didn't last. Yeah. And the the beer did a really good job of washing it down. Um, not like this. This is lingering a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I just took a small sip of this. I mean, it, this is whatever you're getting. I think as a uh, a pepper. Oh, sorry, a spiciness is just the fact that this is a very bold coffee bean. It is. I mean, this is a serious coffee bean. Yeah, it is. It, is. it definitely is yeah. a serious coffee. And it's nice though. The the coffee is really nice. It's not like it's, like I said, it's not harsh coffee. Timor, it's very. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's Timor Maubis coffee bean. I think I'd like to try the coffee by itself. I'm curious yeah. about it because it is a bold flavor. 
Is it that coffee that they feed to monkeys and the monkeys poop out? No, that, that's the cat you're thinking. The cat, they yeah. feed it to cats and the cat poops it out. And they eat the berries pen. and they, they process it chemically through their gut and they poop it out. And then and you, you roast it up and, and, and you, it up. Uh, you enjoy some shit. cat poop coffee. Some really good cat poo coffee. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's supposed to be like the best coffee in the world. Well, it's the most expensive. Whether it's the best, I don't know. But I it's the I'll most pass. expensive. <laughs> so I think the cat is the civet. I don't know. I learned on uh, like that. Bucket List, the movie. Yeah. Something about cat poo coffee just gets me not wanting to have a cup of coffee <laughs> in the morning. Should be on the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll pass on Different that type one. of bucket. <laughs> cat, <laughs> <laughs> cat poo coffee porter stout. <laughs> with mo- with yeah, I could just, I could just imagine good. the logo. I could just imagine the logo. Just load it up with Cario finally. <laughs> it's like cat piss. Cat piss, cat poo. Same thing. <laughs> they have a cloaca, don't they? Litter box stout. True. So I, I don't know much about coffee, but apparently right. Timor Maubis, and um, for for those who are coffee nerds, I'm sorry for pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, but that the, this coffee origin is from um, Malaysia and Indonesia. I was going to say Filipino. No. Close. Yeah. It, I'm sorry. My my apologies. Indonesia and New Guinea are the origins. Hmm. I, I bet um, Alex's friend Ian has something to do with this because Ian bases a business out of Indonesia. Interesting. And Alex spent a year abroad in Indonesia. I bet you that has a lot to do with it too. A little yeah. influence there. Definitely. Kudos. Good, well-made beer. I get a little bit of a cinnamon flavor from it. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the... A lot of times when... Uh, when I look at flavors, flavors in beer, uh, especially if you're trying to ferment through something, uh, if you add anything to it, and it has to, a lot of the times the sugars will ferment out. If you add any sweetness back, you'll get the flavor. But as it is after the the flavor ferments, you lose a lot of it. And I'm wondering if now, like adding the lactose back to stuff, sometimes you can pull flavors out that you wouldn't typically have after a beer ferments. And this one maybe through the coffee, through other back flavors in the the grain and the what the yeast is producing, a little bit of extra back sweetness adds some other, you know, crazy other little flavors yeah. that may mimic So, like, the lactose else. is bringing out a flavor maybe in the coffee bean that yeah. we didn't, didn't plan on seeing or Like when, uh, when I've made raspberry beers in the past, uh, you ferment out a lot of the raspberry, all the raspberry sugars, and you lose some of the raspberry flavor, but you get the tartness. If you add a little bit of lactose back to it, all of a sudden the raspberry seems to pop Come back in. in. Yeah. Um, and it's just the sugars that went through, and I'm wondering if the sweetness on here is pulling out other flavors, or maybe, I mean, I would I would think that if he added cinnamon to it or if he added chilies to it or something, that that would be on, the, even if it was a small amount, it would be on the on the logo or the label yeah. because of everything else that he's put on in the other ones. I wonder um, if that's just coming from the coffee itself. Yeah, it, yeah. it probably could be. Um, like cinnamon, or but it's a very, it's a very bold and complex coffee bean that you can you can tell that just off the nose and the flavors. Um, so it's definitely got to be pulling some stuff through there. Uh, it's a very very well made, very good beer. Um, from everything that we've, uh, yeah, I was going to say the 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 Warren O'Meter uh, says this is a very good beer. He sucked down two glasses faster than the rest. You could get through half a glass. <laughs> <laughs> he sucked through it's two. Ten percent beer at the end of the. So <laughs> what Carl <laughs> fails to understand is that I don't sip beer ever. <laughs> Anytime there's a full glass in front of my hand, 
If it's ice cold, it sits on the counter until it gets warm. And then if when it sucks, it sits. If he sucks, it's great. Yep. So <laughs> and once it gets a little bit warmer, <laughs> good. Well once it gets a little bit warmer, it goes down in like three gulps. This is a three gulp glass. Ten percent or not? Yeah. Well, the ten percent slows me down a little. So ten percent doesn't slow me down at all. Not one bit. Alcohol content doesn't make a difference in how much I gulp. How much, uh, as far as one goes. But it's, if it's like longevity, if you kept filling this glass up, I'd probably end up like on the floor, three or deep. Horizontal. No, no, yeah. I wouldn't end up horizontal. I'd end up three deep and then slow down. Yeah. And then you would see me slow down drinking. I could keep drinking this beer. It's really, oh yeah, it's delicious. Right. Till about the third glass when you can't yeah. figure out where you were, or where you came yes. from, or what beer you're drinking, or what, what your, your name, name is. is. I shouldn't keep drinking this. There's a, but there's I a could. point in drinking when you get to that point where like you start smelling and you and start like up chucking in your mouth. Yeah. What? That's like 48 <laughs> hours later there's a point usually. In where you have to start thinking about your words and you, then you say to yourself, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, what's the next word I want to say? I can't. Uh, I'm drunk. <laughs> and then just give up. <clears throat> but no, I'm. I'm not. I'm not pleasantly drunk right now. I'm really not. I'll. Uh, I'll adjust my head, man. I'm not even like buzzing too, at all. But I drink a lot. Yep. So. That's, that's a recurring theme on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, usually by this time, if we if we drank. That by the end of it, you all feel like, oh, we're not that drunk. It's great. And then you listen to the next no, day, so like, by the oh, end, what so the hell? You guys... Maybe we were a little drunk. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I'm definitely, oh, no, I'm not co- <laughs> So without you guys here, we would have went through the same amount of beer that we went through. It's so just the two of us. Yeah. I would have so drank the same amount, though. By this, <laughs> by this <laughs> time, I would have been definitely, <laughs> I would have had twice as much. <laughs> Don't come into my shop. No, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Long balls. Long balls. Um, so we've had a lot of beer tonight. That's right. Um, a lot of different types, a mix of some great homebrew, a lot of different styles of Troon beer. We had some of Warren's. Um, of all the ones from tonight, what uh, what was your favorite? Do you have a favorite of one that stuck out or maybe – a couple favorites and the reasons and the flavors and stuff like that that just stick out to you now after having so much beer throughout the night and sitting here and chatting. Was there anything that stuck out? Um, the Argabargle. And the very first one. Yeah, the very first one. I, I really liked it, but it it's definitely going to stand out a lot because Carl handled me my own homebrew right after, and it tasted totally different. Hmm. That wasn't something I'm used to experiencing. Because if you go to a bar, you're going to have, like, a bunch of different beers, but they're all going to taste very different. Mm-hmm. Whereas something that... I was I was going for something like the Argo Bargle, but once I tasted that and then went back to the homebrew, uh, I could taste a lot of the things that I didn't really expect to taste as, like, the sweetness of it the like honey quality of it that i wasn't tasting only drinking in the homebrew so so that's what's going to really stand out to me is 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 the arc bargle 
in that name. That's no, that's it's, a, it's hard. <laughs> it's a difficult name to say, especially this Yorgle time Bargle. of night. Yorgle Bargle. How about you, Emily? My favorite is this last one that we're having. I really like the coffee stout. Although I have to say, I'm generally a fan of the dark, sweet beers. Mm. Um, I'm definitely drinking it a little slower since it's strong, but uh, I really like the flavor. It's just so well balanced, and the coffee flavor is delicious. Matthew? That's how Matthew enjoys his men, dark and sweet. <laughs> That's no surprise. I don't know why you had to it's say that. It's on my Facebook. That's, that's redundant. <laughs> <laughs> right um, yeah, I mean, the different bits and pieces of each one of them have, have kind of, all, all these beers have, have stood out to me a little bit. Um, the flavors that came through in your homebrew in the beginning, the melon flavors on there were distinctive some, of stuff I've never had before. Um, it's very good. Uh, the the spiciness, uh, pepperiness of Argo Bargle kind of stuck out to me as in uh, having a beer with Galaxy. I wouldn't have expected that to really be coming through, but with the Hall Melon in there, it, it kind of made sense, and I was surprised at how heavily that kind of came in. Um, the uh, super passion, passion fruit flavors in the other one was just such a juice bomb, and the way that the flavors on that came through uh with the light, light note of beer in the background but all the all the fruit puree for the milk milkshake uh style beer uh different than things I've ever had before um Warren's uh mash IPA I mean it's something that you know I've always wanted to kind of see a person really put specialty hops uh, into a, into a uh a, a mash, mash hopping to actually see what the flavors came through, and, and you did that. And as much as I was joking about yeah. it earlier, I mean it. It really is something to see from a you know a analytical standpoint as to how the flavors come through so differently between putting something through in the bitterness, putting something through in the flavor edition, putting something through in the aroma edition, putting something through in the dry hop, and putting something straight through like you did in the mash hopping. The flavors were very distinct and very different than what you would expect. I agree. You did pull out flavors that you would expect of Galaxy, but not necessarily in the way you would expect them to come through in a beer. And it was very interesting to see. Different. Um, your California Common was a solid version of the beer that was coming out. I. I really enjoyed that one. It was a great break <laughs> from, <laughs> from everything else that we were having. And this last beer, the coffee flavor is is phenomenal. The the roast that they used, whether it's you know they end up cold steeping or whatnot, however they added this into the beer, is really really nice. They cat steeped it. They if they cat steeped this, <laughs> kudos on the cats that they found. Um, they picked good breeding. Um, they didn't do nice thing to those cats. <laughs> I feel whatever, sorry for the whatever cats. Whatever he did, they, they weren't nice things. Cats. Um, I feel it, like we needed that Amber Ale before this one. Yeah. <laughs> that was really like exactly what we needed. The aperitif of this. Yeah, yeah it really was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we sure. couldn't have gone straight from the last one to this. No. Uh, Some crackers. <laughs> this nice last, last one is really very, very tasty. Um, if I could put another beer in me, I'd love to try the other other can. Yeah. I cannot. Um <laughs> Uh, I think, you know, it's been a great episode of jumping back and forth between different styles of beer and different little flavors and whatnot and pulling things out and, and chatting with you guys. Uh, but every, everything here, you know, 
That's my little bit. What about you, Warren? What's your, um, uh, what's your take on it? Well, here? first, I want to thank you guys for coming tonight. Thank you for the impromptu <laughs> and the willingness to sit in on this show and putting up with me and all my banter. Very um, glad to be here. No, I'm, Thanks, I'm, I'm happy you are. So I think Matt hit on everything that I wanted to say. I think Matt and I have a kin, kindred spirit together where if it's beer, we're going to try it. And if it's going to be good, it doesn't matter if it's going to be bad. I mean, we've, I've been wanting to do a bad show of beer. Like, what bad beer have you made? And why did you make it? And what's, you know, it's all about learning. You're and looking at me while you say this. No, I'm just looking at you because you're straight across. <laughs> you're straight across from me. There's, there's no. So for my job, the, the reason why I love what I do. And some great ones. Yeah, no, absolutely. We all have. The reason why I love what I do is because I get to have people like you come in with beer. And give us a try and see where we're at. And the reason why I love what I do, because I have the luxury of doing experimental batches with 10 ounces of Galaxy in a mash. That's that's an expensive beer for me. That's a a $50 batch of, that's a $50 batch alone in hops. They're like $5 an ounce. But as a home brewer, that's the kind of stuff you want to do. But as a home brewer, then that's something that I want to do so I could tell you about it. Or so that you guys can experience me like, you know what? That doesn't work right, so I'm not going to do that anymore. There was hardly any kind of experiments done on that kind of thing. But what gets me is that every beer that we've tried tonight was drastically different than the other. Drastically. Even if you thought in your mind that you were making something that was going to be the same as an Imperial IPA made New England style, and you did the double side by side, that's what I do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And you taste the difference. And you say to yourself, holy shit, this is totally different than this one. And you're fooled. You're not fooled, but you're like, oh my god, I can't believe you're awakened because eye opening. It's, it's eye opening. Yeah. And it's that's what's great about this industry, and that's what I love about this industry. And I'm gonna get on this horse now. That's why I love having two breweries in this town because they do things differently. There's no competition. It's camaraderie, and that's a big issue that a lot of people don't get. One restaurant's competing with another restaurant when they should be camaraderieing with another restaurant. They shouldn't be jealous of one another. They should be working together to try to build the community. And that's what beer brings to these things. So bringing it full circle from our conversation earlier, um, I love just tasting beer. And no matter what beer it is, even if it's the worst beer, it's still a good beer to me. So thank you for sharing tonight. It was really nice of you to bring that stuff to me. And tell uh, kudos to um, Alex and kudos to you on that beer that you made. You guys are uh, well on your way to becoming a really good brewer. So, Thank you. Cheers to that. Seriously, thank you. And Matt, we already know you're a good brewer. I have to say I really enjoyed Charlie's IPA, though, also. Yeah, I did, too. Thank you. That mix of hops was – I never would have thought to put – No, I honestly – When he told me what what was in that beer after tasting it, I wouldn't have thought those hops would have worked through in the f- the way the flavors came yeah, in. Yeah, I would have never done and it. And it it worked. It really worked. It worked well. It's just such a light, drinkable, right. nice beer. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Nice little hop bitterness right at the end there. More and and the notes, the way those hops came through when he said Simcoe, Cascade, and then the dry hop was with um, whole melon. Whole melon. Yeah. And yeah. The melon flavor that came out of that, knowing you know that there was still at the same time Simcoe and Cascade in there, I would have thought you know it's, this was going to be like oh some sort of piney grapefruit something or another, and that was not the flavors that came out of it. It was very melon forward. Um, it was very good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Like those were some of the hops you grew, weren't they? No, they weren't. Oh, they no. were. Whole melons. Oh, not, you can't were. grow whole melons. Yeah, for sure. Not even. 
You can't. It's proprietary. Like I think it is proprietary. Right. But it's all a more reason to experiment. I haven't oh, been yeah. doing First World Hops at all, and now that I've had that beer, I wanted First World Hop everything. Right. First World Hops are, are lovely. They put in a different spin on things. And I, I suggest mm. to any home brewers out there, try hops at all different types of time during the brew. Find out what's yours. Um, so... Thank you guys for coming. I want to give uh, I want to give this last minute of thanks to all of our listeners and hope that everyone has a very very merry Thanksgiving on uh, Thursday. And um, without this particular person in my life, we wouldn't be able to do this show. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Carl Metzlars, who has been nothing but stellar in, in his abilities to put together some really cool um, shows for us in the some past. Really cool ships. Yep, some really cool ships. <laughs> and uh, I want to congratulate him on finishing and running the New York Marathon. I did. That is a you feat and a half, dude. brother. Awesome. Congratulations. You make me proud every day. So thank you, Carl. Uh, thank you, Matt, uh, for everything that you've done for me and everything that you've done for this town. And thank you guys for being my patrons and coming in and, and sitting in on the show tonight. Thanksgiving episode. Yep. Yep. Thankful for everything. I am. Yep. I'm very thankful. All right. Say goodnight, boys and girls. <laughs> Good night, boys. Good night, girl. Good girl. <laughs> Cut! Because just like... I'm going to do one of my famous... And here's the part of the program where we experience a major audio fuck-up. Just, right. like, just, like, just like right and wrong, time is subjective as well. Five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> you had to do it in a French accent, though.
Five. <laughs> I can't do it. Just like time. <laughs> can't do it. Just like right Just like... Uh, no, do it with an Australian yeah. You might as well just throw it in there and eventually get back all the way to Indian. Yeah. <laughs> I was told to try to do this in a French accent. I can only do Australian. <laughs> Bugger. Oh, that's British. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>